Today, we're going to talk about The Coach and the Geek by Mark Adams and Jeff Van Fleet. How to create a kick-butt culture. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. How are you? I am doing terrific, Paul. It is great to be here today and to chat about this book, The Coach and the Geek. Now, you know what's weird is that they really could call this podcast The Coach and the Geek, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I hadn't ever thought of that, but that's a great analogy. I love it, my friend. So it's a perfect for you, the coach, and then the other guy who's on here with you. So, well, you're the you're the coach and the geek. You're the smarts. I'm just I'm just the. That's nice you to say. Loud mouth. Everyone everyone knows who the geek is. So (laughs) this is a good book for coaching, huh? It's a great book for coaching. I loved it, and and once I read it and found out about it, uh, I said I had to have the folks interview the folks and get them on the program. Well, what was one of the major learnings that you saw from this book? Well, this is a really great idea, and. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have on is I actually had a branch manager here about a month and a half ago ask me a question, and she had an employee who was really frustrated, and uh, she just wasn't hitting her goals, and she felt like she was losing. And and so then I got a hold of of Mark Adams' book and Jeff Lean Van Fleet's book, uh, The Coach and the Geek, and he talks about the difference between success and winning. And it was so profound that I've been using it in my training and I love the concept from this idea. You know, uh, you, you know, you you also worked in sales in your past. Oh, and yeah. You know that people, when they don't hit their goals, get frustrated. You know how that is. Sure. And so uh, this branch manager asked me that and said, how can I overcome that? And I, at first I was struggling. I, I didn't know. I said, well, try this, try this. We've got a motivator. We've got to talk about some things. Then I came across this idea of winning and, and success. And it was such a profound concept that we really had to share it with folks. And what it is, is this, you know, employee was struggling and not hitting her goals. And then I, then I actually secret shopped her. Mm. And uh, what I discovered is she wasn't doing the basics. Well, Um, she didn't use my name more than once. Uh, She just used it once. You should use the name several times if you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, You should also ask a variety of questions. How's it going? How are you, you know, how are you handling the situations of how life is going on right now? And she didn't ask any of those. And I just said, I'm looking for a checking account. And she never even really asked me to open the checking account. Wow. So then I called the branch manager back and I said, what's happening here is the reason she's not winning and not hitting her goals is she's not doing the basics right. And what Mark Adams talks about in his coaching is he would have people, there was five things he wanted them to do on defense. Um, You know, he knew that the very first year he had the team, they were going to be very good. He didn't recruit these kids. Uh, it had been a failing program. It had been losing. So he knew that they had to get a, a sense of what is success. And so what he focused on is five key factors on defense. On de- you know, It didn't take skill or talent to do this. It just took concentration and effort. Mm-hmm. And he taught them those, thing, those five things. And so when I went back to that branch manager and I said, you know, what you need to do is make sure they're doing the fundamentals well, that they're using the member's name, that they're asking members questions, that they're asking for the business, that they're following up. That is there something else that they could offer the right product, the right member, the right time for the right reason? Are they doing those kinds of right things? And and I said, I know she's not because I secret shopped her and she's not doing those things. And let's work on what it, let's define success first. And then guess what? If we do that consistently on every conversation, 
will start to win. And then guess what? Uh, she did start to have success and she started doing those fundamental things and then did eventually hit her goals. And so that's uh, an incredibly profound mm -hmm. concept that we want to talk about today when you're coaching people. And I actually walked that branch manager through how to coach, you know, tell me about this conversation. Tell me about that conversation. We actually had them go back and listen to audios of this employee on the phone so they could really coach them on, are they doing the fundamentals? And if you do the basics right and you do those with success, you, you have five key things you want to do in a conversation. If you do those five things every time and you consistently do that day in and day out, guess what? You're going to have winning. And mm -hmm. so that was a, an incredibly powerful concept. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend the book. And I love that concept for that perspective. That reminds me of the story they asked uh, Michael Jordan, how did he learn to do the famous leap of the Air Jordan? Right. And he said uh -huh. hours and hours of doing the very basics and then moving on to do that. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. I mean, but of course, he had just an incredibly God gifted talent, too. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's also an incredibly driven person. He was incredibly competitive. Well, the idea, uh, like the, the person that you worked with, get some of the basics down and then you become a superstar. But it takes a lot of time to do the basics. You got to do the basics. And if you're not doing the basics well, and if you're not having and then you also have to have a sense of accomplishment achievement. As I've said in this program a number of times, success is progress. And so you've got to have a sense of progress, a sense of moving forward. But success is doing those fundamentals over and over again on a daily basis mm -hmm. to take you to a point where you can win. And so success and winning are different, and people need to know that. And they share a couple of stories in today's program that is just excellent in that regard. Okay. So we're going to listen to your interview with Absolutely. the coach. I was interviewing and them, and you were busy that day, so we couldn't get you in there. Now, but uh, I'm going to interview them. Let me ask you this. Be I sure. mean, before we hear this is uh, – you, you interviewed both of the authors, right? You interviewed right. Um, uh, Mark, Mark and Jeff. And Jeff. Is one of them the coach, one of the geek, or or do they yeah, admit to well, that? Well, Mark Adams is the coach, and okay. he's an ESPN report, uh, ESPN analyst right now. Uh, he would have covered March Madness uh, this spring had we had it due to the COVID uh, issue. And then Jeff Van Fleet is the CEO of a technology company, so he's yeah, the geek. It, yeah. So. Mark's the coach and he's the yeah, geek. So, so, uh, two great people to make this story and, uh, teach us a little bit about culture. So here's Absolutely. our conversation with the coach and the geek. Mark and Jeff, I am so glad you're on coaching for potential. We're going to talk about your book, the coach and the geek building a kick, butt culture. I love the book. I highly recommend it now. Welcome to coaching for potential. Wow. Thanks Rory. We're glad to be here. Absolutely. It's Rory, my pleasure. You and I have worked together in the credit union movement, and it's, it's, it's good to share the stage again. It'll be fun. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I've always enjoyed working with you in the past, Mark, and this is the first time that Jeff and I have met. love to talk about the book, and there are some times where managers, you know, they take over a new department or they take over a new area, and they didn't select their team. They didn't select their teammates. You know, they just get in, and boom, they get there. What is your advice for a brand-new manager, person in charge? How do they take over that, and how do they create a kick-butt culture in their organization? Uh, that's a great question, Rory. You know, that happens all the time, obviously. I think one of the challenges is when you take over an organization or you get hired into a new role in an organization, you don't know the, the team that's there. You don't know the talent that's there. And that was a lot of the motivation uh, behind the book when we, when we wrote the book. Mark and I were driving down the highway uh, heading to a customer appointment. And I'm like, Mark, when you took over teams, you knew they'd 
they weren't very good. How did you go about uh, beginning to uh, understand who had good talent and how did you give them a chance at figuring out how, how to win when you knew you weren't going to win very many, very many games. And that's kind of what the impetus was really uh, for the book. And, you know, we talk a lot in the book about a bunch of different techniques to be able to assess your organization and all your teammates and then build vision, mission, culture, and specific tasks to help move you forward. You know, Rory, uh, Jeff's accurate. He asked the question sort of that way. The way he actually asked the question was, Mark, I know you won a lot of games, but I also know you lost a lot of games, if you remember <laughs> correctly. And, and he asked me that, that same question as to how do you build a program, how do you build a team when it hasn't been successful in the past? You want to build successful culture, not a winning culture, but that successful culture. I talked to him about how you can create a career best effort strategy, and that's really what the book is about. And the career best effort strategy, very simply, on the basketball court would equate this way, Roy. If I was guarding you and you took a shot, I would be required to make physical contact with you before I go pursue the rebound. It doesn't take any talent for me to do that physical act. It just takes concentration and effort. We used five different areas on defense, five different areas on offense, where it didn't take any talent, just concentration and effort, and we would grade our players accordingly. Then we transitioned that also to off the floor, and we held our players accountable for going to class every day, for example. But more importantly, they held themselves accountable. It was measured. They, they were in charge of their own accountability. And then I would sit down with those new team members every Monday, and I'd invest 20 minutes of my time and their time together one-on-one. -on -one. And we would review their progression of the career best effort strategy, both on the floor and off the floor. And Rory, the, the, the outcomes from that strategy were eye-popping. In all three college basketball programs where I coached, we had the highest men's basketball GPA in their histories. And it was all because they did go to class. They did engage their professors in two questions. They also challenged their, their classmates with questions and would engage with them and study with them. That was all part of it where it didn't take talent. It just took concentration and effort. And that's where we started. And that's when Jeff said to me, Mark, you should write a book about that. And I said, no, Jeff, we should write a book together. And the coach and the geek was born. <laughs> born is right. <laughs> yeah, and then the childbirth is the, the painful part, isn't it? <laughs> Jeff, give me your perspective. As being a technology geek, you obviously run a technology company. What does career best effort mean to you and how do you translate it to, to the activities of your team members on a daily basis? Yeah. So the, um, again, appreciate the question, but um, I, I think it's really important because on a basketball court or a football game or a soccer game or something at the end of the game, there's a W or there's an L maybe there's a tie sometimes, but still there, there you know what the score is and you know, whether you won or lost in life in in our families and in our business environments, there's not really clean wins and losses like that. It helps me understand when I'm talking to my teammates. And let me give you a really simple example. So Mark said career best efforts really about it doesn't require specific talent, right? It just requires focus and effort. An example, and this might not apply, but if you're running a bank or a credit union or something like that, and one of your employees sees a piece of trash sitting on the floor, 
doesn't require much talent to pick that up, but it's sure going to make a better experience uh, for your customers when they come in the door. In my world and the technology world, it's kind of the same thing where you're looking to incentivize, educate people on your, your jobs, not to just stay in your swim lanes and a problem gets handed to you and you hand, do your piece of the software manufacturing process and you throw it over the wall to somebody else. Your job is to integrate and help make this smooth throughout the whole organization. And because you can't, you can't possibly write down every rule of everything we want everybody to do. You want to build the mindset of what you're looking for and give them real examples. And these CBEs, these career best efforts, are no kidding, tangible, measurable, real examples that, 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 that we can do every day. And I mean, it's just a couple of simple examples is um, when you have a team meeting. So in our world, um, we, we have often have a daily stand-up meeting and literally people are standing around the table and we have a 15 minute rough meeting. And in that meeting, we ask everybody, Hey, tell me what you did yesterday. Tell me what you're planning to do today and tell me what any kind of roadblocks that are going on to stop you from getting those things done. A lot of times people are introverted and shy about talking, but a career best effort activity that they could do is every day in every meeting, I need to speak up and I need to bring an idea to the table that can maybe not even help me, but maybe help somebody else in the organization. And that's just a simple example, I think, that, that works in our world. I absolutely love it. A career best effort. It's just, it refocuses us on the little things that we can do to make sure that we're on the right path. I love the quotes that you have at the end, the lessons of at the end of the chapter. Uh, I love this, or how the heck are we going to get better if we are never allowed to talk about problems? And that was <laughs> one of the highlights from the book. And Mark, what's, what's your perspective of that? How the heck do we get better if we're never able to talk about the problems? You know, I think one of the interesting parts of the book was how Jeff and I meshed our talents together. One of the things that we've learned together along the way is that uh, you have to want the truth. You have to understand that when you have team members that are passionate about their jobs, about their families, and about your relationship, that you've got to expose the underbelly. You've got to let people know what's working well and what isn't working well. You know, the role of a coach is to put the right people in the right place at the right time based upon their talents. But if you don't understand what the challenges are of that team, of that project, then you don't have any idea of where you're going or where you might go leading into the future. And, you know, throughout the book, Jeff and I challenged each other to identify the problems within our own business, because we work together with Lighthouse Technologies. You know, I'm the vice president of client success. Jeff's the owner and president of the company. We constantly talk about the, the challenges, problems, if you will, of our own business, and then how we can come up with innovative ways to approach that. And we approach it the same way with the book, and that's the way we look at problems. We look at them as opportunities. That's a great point, Mark. I must just have grown up wanting to know the truth more than wanting to hide problems. And because my view has always been, boy, if I don't know anything about it, I can't, I can't make it better. I can't fix it. And Mark said in our company, we do a lessons learned at the end of every activity that we do. So we have a meeting with a customer, we're driving home, we say, okay, what did we do well? What could we do better next time? We have a Christmas party for the 
office. Who's ever helping planning, whatever that team is, we meet afterwards and say, hey, what went well? What could we do better next year? We're all about, I think, transparency. Mark, what are one or two moments that resonate for you? The, the first thing that resonated with me, there's a portion of the book where uh, Coach Woodward is really does want the truth. And, and the geek and one of the assistant coaches go through an assessment and they find out in the assessment what the players and coaches really think of what's going on within the program. And, and one player in particular shares within the assessment that he thinks the head coach, Coach Woodward in this case, is a fraud. I want you to think about that. And by the way, this is, this is based on a true experience that I had as a college basketball coach when I was in a similar position and I asked my players for unfiltered feedback. And it was a young man named Brian Counts who came into my office and said, Coach, you're a fraud. And I sat there and I asked one simple question, why? Because I really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. I want to know why I was a fraud. And he said to me, he said, Coach, you always talk about let the process work in your favor. Allow, allow the process to work. And the winning and losing will all take care of itself. It's about success. It's not about winning. So let the process work for our team and for you individually. But yet, he says, Coach, at the, at the end of every timeout in a big game, we always count one, two, three, win. He goes, that's why you're a fraud. Because when it really counts, you show exactly what you want, which is to win. He goes, that insults my intelligence. I want to be successful. I think you're right about the process. And I think you're cheapening our program by being fraudulent, by saying win versus success. Rory, that was powerful. That changed my entire coaching career. It changed my entire professional career. Because all of a sudden now, I became laser focused on long-term success versus short-term winning because of the wisdom of a 22-year-old young man. And I will forever be grateful to Brian Counts for teaching me, his head coach, that lesson. No, that is such a powerful concept. And I wanted to jump in there for a second because that's one of the, if there's one concept from the book that resonates for me is there's between success and winning. Obviously, we want to win, but success is something that you measure on, are we continually improving? Are we doing those little things correctly in a successful way that will eventually collectively do all of them together is the definition of winning, if I'm hearing you correctly. That's absolutely right. When we talk about winning versus success in the credit union movement, I I would speak in front of community banks and credit unions. There'd be thousands of people in the audience. And I'd say, what's your competitive advantage? And there'd be literally hundreds of credit unions and or community banks in the room. And they they would always say one thing. Well, it's our personal service. Why did Secret Shop for thousands of financial institutions over the years? And I would go in and evaluate, did they call me by name? Did they ask more than one question to determine what I really needed? Did they ask for my business in the end? And what I found out was that 95% of the time in thousands of secret shops, that never happened. Why? Because those associates that were on the front line were more worried about just getting through the process, maybe explaining what they do so I'd give them their money versus understand what I really need. And to be successful as a financial institution You've got to understand what your members and or customers really need to be successful. That's success. It isn't getting their money. It's putting it in the right place, the right place at the right time in order to drive their own personal success forward. And and that's what I learned for my business career, along with my coaching career, that being a fraud wasn't winning. But 
concentrating on the process over and over and over again, that was what drove success. Mark, I really love this quote. We believe consistent practice and reinforcement of the right behaviors drive positive results. Mark, give me a little bit of perspective on that about how does that work in the business world? Well, let's go back to the, the credit union movement and interacting with members. I would always hear that, that personal service mantra. First of all, how can everybody have the same competitive advantage? You know, that's impossible. But whenever I would, I would meet with those membership service representatives, you know, I could tell which ones were trained and which ones weren't, or and which ones were trained well, and which ones were just trained maybe not so well. And it is about that connection as to how you bring that, that member focus in the credit union or the customer focus in the community bank area, and what kind of questions do you ask? And, and I think that's critical, because I would walk into an institution and say, I'm moving to your town, and I was curious about my banking here. Then I would just shut up and see how it was handled. And I think that as, as you go through and you work as a real coach within your organization, it's not about the advice that you give. It, it, it's really about how well you can, you can practice the right behaviors and also exemplify the right behaviors. So one of the things in business, and the reason why I love working with Jeff, and listen, we have a lot of creative and competitive tension between us. And it comes <laughs> through in the book. Those conversations that you read, that the geek is talking about process while the coach is talking about kicking somebody's ass, you know, those are real, by the way. It happens <laughs> when we talk about, about sales and things like that. And the thing that I love about Jeff and working with Jeff, you don't work with Jeff Van Fleet, you work, you, you don't work for him, you work with him. It's because he walks the walk. I mean, we're going through a, a, an unbelievably difficult time now where sales is really hard. I mean, really hard. Hardest it's been in my whole career. Uh, but yet Jeff doesn't panic. He's supportive. We constantly bounce ideas off of each other. I know he's there to help me along my path. I think he feels the same way about me too. And so I think it's really important, Rory, in a business setting that leaders just don't talk the talk. They walk the walk as well. And that's why Jeff is such an effective leader of Lighthouse Technologies. I love that. Jeff, how do we move from a me to a we concept? You know, I, <laughs> Mark will tell you a story years and years ago when we first met. And um, I think for me, I've thought in terms of we for a long time when I when I started the company, I, I had a way, way back 20 years ago, 21 years ago, I had to think about a name for the company and I didn't want to call it Jeff Inc. or anything related to my name because I had this vision for something much larger, much more compelling that wasn't about me, but it was about what we could do for our customers and what kind of culture we could build for our employees. I think what we want people and what the kind of people that we want attracted to us in organizations are the ones who begin to look at themselves and say, huh, do I speak with a bunch of I words when I'm talking about our organization or do I give credit to the team when we have some successes and maybe I own the failures? You're really looking for to build a culture of, of this, this we versus me. And, and, and to Mark's credit, as he developed this idea, these career best efforts for 
his basketball team years ago, he, it wasn't just about basketball. So in your business, it's not just about the business and the metrics to make our business better. It really is just as important, maybe more important, to have personal goals. Yeah, that is such an important key and that's such an important aspect of the book. And I, I just love the book. It was an easy read. And being a guy who loves basketball, this was an excellent book in that regard. I've got one last question, and, and I'll let either one of you take this. And th- there was a quote in there in the book that says, can you be a successful coach and have a losing record? And I want to add to that. Can you be a successful branch manager if your team's not hitting their goals? How would you handle that, Mark? I'm going to let Jeff go first. Okay. When I was growing up, before I started the company, I worked for managers. One thing that frustrated the heck out of me was my manager telling me what I needed to do and when it needed to be done, how I was supposed to go about doing it. And I didn't have any say in what I thought needed to be done to actually achieve a goal. I'm going to call them managers, not leaders. They were managing specifically by these goals and objectives. And they were less interested in communicating the why we do what we do, whether it's a credit union or a software technology company. Why do we do these things so that your people can self-adjust, answer questions on the fly for your customers, and make decisions, empowered to make decisions that align with the why you do what you do? That's what I think is really critical there, Rory. Excellent. Love it. Love it. Rory, as a, as a real coach, a guy that coached for 17 years and had my championships along the way, also had my losses along the way, got fired once along the way. There's, there's no question in my mind, and that, and that part of the book was put there for a specific reason. It's because sometimes the scoreboard doesn't always reveal the true meaning of what just happened on the court. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that winning isn't important. It is. However, it's trusting the process, understanding your why, putting your people in the right place at the right time based upon their talents, challenging them in a one-on-one way with what they bring to the table with concentration and effort versus talent, the metrics, the measurements, bringing all of it together, which creates what? Respect. It creates communication. It creates relationships. But did I grow over the course of time to understand that long-term success and the relationships that you build were more important than a final score on some scoreboard on January 6th of 1985? Mm. There's no question in my mind. It's about the relationships and how you can help usher in a new life for people. I mean, my goal in, in coaching wasn't necessarily to win the national title. I, I certainly wanted to do that professionally, but personally, I want my players to become better fathers someday, better husbands someday, better brothers, better sons, better friends. I'll sit on that on the top of Mount Rushmore in that area because <clears throat> I saw that my players, how much they love each other, and frankly, how much I love them and how much we love each other, and that's real success. And I'll take that to the bank or the credit union every single day. Love it, love it, love it. I just want to recommend to folks, The Coach and the Geek, Building a Kick-Butt Culture with Mark Adams and Jeff Van Fleet. It's been great having you on Coaching for Potential, and I just wish you the best uh, with the book. 
So how do people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you and kind of delve into these issues a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper? And, and Jeff, go first. Sure. Um, so our company website's lighthousetechnologies.com. Mm-hmm. And um, we're both on LinkedIn. Um, Mark's on, um, we're both on Twitter. Mark's just on Twitter a lot more than I am. Um, but probably I would say LinkedIn is the easiest way to find us and, um, and the website, uh, obviously. Very yeah, good. And, and, and Twitter on my end, Rory, it's at Enthusiadams, just like Enthusiasm, except it's Adams at the end, at Enthusiadams. And you can reach out to me on Twitter as well. And, and if, if we can invest time in their own success, that's why Jeff are here. We just really want to make a difference. I appreciate it. That is absolutely fantastic. And, and thanks for being on the program today. I appreciate it. Rory, thank you for having us. Uh, it was a thrill to be here. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks, you. Rory. You're the best, buddy. I've always enjoyed working with you, and this was no exception. Really fun and great interview by you. Thank you. That was very interesting, Rory. Thank you. I thought the stories were excellent, and I just love how Mark shared his coaching experience. And, you know, he was he was uh, actually the coach of the year one time and took a program where they had a 32% winning percentage to a, a winning percentage of 65%, an extraordinary accomplishment. And they they had some great stories, and I just love the way they shared it. And so I hope our listeners had a chance to uh, uh, learn some things today. But winning and success is such an incredibly powerful concept. And I want to make sure that folks know that. Yes. And I love the idea on how it really affects the culture um, altogether and how we can turn the sports and uh, take some of those things that we're all obsessed with already and to, right. and use them to make our culture better our job better. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the key here is as a leader, you're going to learn some ideas that you can create even in your branch and your local location. Even if you've got three or four people, you help drive that culture significantly. So if you can do those things that help drive that culture, you're going to be a great coach. And that's why their ideas were so powerful today. So I'm glad that you let me slide that one in there, Paul, and, and do this recording and, and share this information with folks. Now, if people wanted to uh, contact a coach who is also kind of a geek sometimes, that'd be you. <laughs> no. Well, that's exactly How- right. So they can go to my, my website, RoyRoland.com. Uh, they can also go to coachingmanager.university. And uh, if they go there and, and send me a, an email, uh, the, the first listener that sends me an email saying they listen to this podcast, I will give them a free uh, scholarship to Coaching Manager University so they can cool. improve their skill sets. You know that it's a 52-module program. You've actually gone through it, mm-hmm. and it's just a great tool for people to improve their skills to be better coaches so they can have a greater impact on the folks they work with and have a trajectory on their career that is upward and onward. You do get geeked up about things, but the geek comment mainly came from your kids. I just want to share that with you, okay? They're <laughs> the ones that said that. Well, my kids have said much worse, but the geek is the, probably one of the best things they've said. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Rory. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Paul. Great to have you on. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.